Gazette Newspapers presents the Parting Shots Podcast. Now, here's your host, Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor, Ken Schott. Thank you, Scott Easy, and welcome to the Parting Shots Podcast. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe today. Thanks for joining me from the Parting Shots Podcast Studio in Schenectady, New York. On April 15th, the Union College men's hockey team got a new head coach. Josh Halgie, who was an assistant coach at Clarkson for six seasons, was named the new Dutchman head coach. He replaced assistant coach John Ronan, who was the interim head coach for the final 17 games of the season following Rick Bennett's resignation January 28th. So, who is Josh Halgie? We got a glimpse of what he's like during his introductory press conference on April 15th. On Wednesday, in the Garnet Room at Messerink, I got a chance to learn more about Josh Halgie. Here is part one of that interview. Josh, well, welcome to the Party Shots podcast, and I appreciate you uh, doing this. Yeah, excited to be here. It's uh, you know just getting accustomed to everything, and so it's it's all new to me right now, and excited about it. Well, uh, since you were named the uh, head coach of Union on uh, April fifteenth, what has it been like for you the last week or so? I mean, my my head's been spinning. It's but it's starting to slow down now. I mean, you had just trying to figure out where we're going to move and just little things of you know getting a different car for you know, things like that you, you don't really think about. Um, and then getting down to Naples, having the ECAC um, <clears throat> coaches convention, and then you know into the NCAA portion of it. So it, it, it's been a lot, but excited to be here and you know have feet on the ground now. Yep. You're a native of uh, Rosemount, uh, Minnesota. Uh, we know Minnesota is the state of hockey here in the United States. How soon did you get on skates? Uh, you know what? I was a late starter. I, I didn't start till I was 10, um, I guess, compared to my you know high school teammates and whatnot. Um, but, um, yeah, I started at 10. That's a little late in Minnesota, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. I, my dad was actually a basketball guy, so uh, kind of funny that uh, got into hockey. Was hockey the first sport you loved, or what other ones did you play? Yeah, I mean, played a little bit of everything growing up, football, baseball, soccer, and hockey. But, I, yeah, from an early age, hockey was kind of what I was drawn to. Now, you played at three seasons at Division Three Bethel University. Uh, you didn't play your senior season. Uh, what was college hockey, the experience like playing, and uh, why did you not play your senior season? Yeah, just um, ended up where <laughs> – ended up starting coaching like that was the the main reason um, had the opportunity to um, you know be able to start coach, and that's kind of what I was always I felt like I was gonna do so um, you know had that opportunity so I took that it was tough to not play um, just being in a situation where I was going to be the captain you know for my senior season but um, at the same point too financially and just at the time <laughs> division three sports were expensive and um, being able to start working and get, get started was what I had to do what got you interested in coaching and who were your influences um, I mean I, I grew up I think if you asked anybody through middle school high school like they all everybody kind of always thought I was going to be a coach that's what I wanted to do and um, you know I was fortunate enough to have really good coaches and people that cared about me my dad was was one of them, and um, a guy named Tom Murphy, who um, you know coached me all the way up from when I started to until uh, we got into high school. So, um, but my dad and, and and him were the two big people that growing up that that were influential. What did your dad tell you about coaching? What did you know? Did he give you life lessons about that? Well, I, I think like <laughs> he yeah he did. I mean it was. Um, 
my, my dad is definitely, uh, he's a character and he's, you know, is always trying to, to teach and, you know, have you understand what you're getting into with coaching. Um, but I think he really cared about the players and, um, he, you know, he was, a, like I said, he was a basketball and football is kind of the sports he played. So hockey wasn't his sport, but he just, he just cared about the guys and, um, you know, everybody loved him because he was fun to be around. Um, kind of a funny story just about that was, um, my first game coaching in Dubuque, Iowa, I went from, you know, a small junior B team to a bigger junior B team where they had fans and, um, warm-ups get done you have to walk across center ice and the lights are off and i got the spotlight on me and there's you know at the i mean 1100 people which i thought was the biggest crowd i was ever going to coach in front of and as i'm walking my whole family's there and someone yells how you stink <laughs> and uh i get to the <laughs> i put my head down and just keep walking across and the other team's coach was like oh it must have been a fan of the old coach and i was like no that was my dad so <laughs> He, uh, after the game, I asked him about it, and he was just like, hey, you're going to, like, people are going to love you, people are going to hate you, better be used to it. Yeah. Now, you uh, experienced replacing a head coach when uh, in the U.S. Hockey League, the Tri-City Storm, during the 2011-12 season, and then you were let go 15 games into the 2013-14 season. What was that experience like, and what did you learn from it? Well, I think, you know, when we took over, um, it, was, it was an exciting time, and kind of everything was so new, and just kind of ran it exactly how how I wanted to and um, you know I just had the experience of you know coaching in Fairbanks and having a lot of success there and then we ended up having a nice run and making the playoffs and then um, I felt felt really good about where I was at and then you know as things kind of progressed um, I, th I thought I changed my style to like appease ownership to appease other people and that that was I sort of feel like my downfall when I was there was that I didn't run things the way I wanted to um, because of just being, you know, pressures of ownership and, you know, coaching someone whose kid was on the team and just things like that where it was a little more difficult. But I did I did enjoy it a lot, and it was a, a great learning experience for me. One player you had at Tri-City was Mike Vecchioni, who became a Union's all-time leading scorer. A national champion, of course, in 2014 at Hobie Baker Award hat-trick finalist in 2017. When you coached him at uh, Tri-City, did you have any inkling that he would be destined for greatness at Union? Yeah, I, well, I mean, when we got him, he was committed to New Hampshire. So that was, um, you know, obviously a situation where he had some, you know, ups and downs himself. And um, he was just a joy to be around all the time, a lot of fun, um, you know, a, a player that, you know, play with passion. So, I mean, I always thought he was going to be successful in college. Um, he ended up making the transition from being a wing to moving to center with us, and um, I thought he really flourished with that, and that was something, you know, just was was able to allow him to be more free, and, you know, he was he's really accountable defensively. So um, it didn't surprise me at all that he had the success he did at Union. And you mentioned that he was a New Hampshire commit before he came to Union. Obviously, he made that transition from New Hampshire to Union while at Tri-City. What did, advice did you give him at that point? Well, just, you know, staying true to himself and just continuing to be the person and player he is. Um, you know, someone was going to be lucky to get him. And, you know, if if it wasn't the right fit at UNH, we'd find the right fit for him. And he had a lot of opportunities. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad it worked out at Union. And, um, I'm glad he was able to help me down the road here and he'll help me get this job. You mentioned in your introductory press conference that uh, when you were an assistant coach with the uh, USHL's Fargo Forest during the 24-15 season that your son Hanley had suffered a neonatal stroke. 
Can you discuss that a little bit more, that, uh, that situation and how your family handled it? Yeah, so that actually, so that happened when I was in Tri-City and I was the head coach there. So um, so basically, I Hanley was born and we were in the hospital and um, we found out they had strokes. So we got transported to um, Omaha. Um, the day we, I think the day before we got transported, actually was I was let go then. That's when I was let go. So basically the whole, your whole world like fell apart. Uh, you know, you're coaching in the USHL. You think you're destined for, for great things and being compared to, you know, big time coaches. And then all of a sudden, you know, your, your baby's born, he's in the hospital, things aren't going right. You're, yeah, your whole, your whole world's kind of falling apart and then you get let go. So it was, I mean, it was a really challenging time in my life. Um, but it, we spent the next 30, 30 some days and, you know, Thanksgiving and got out right before Christmas. So that, that was nice to be able to, um, you know, have Christmas with family and, you get out of the hospital so that was probably the best christmas present you could have asked for but um i think it really challenged me and my wife to you know is this what we want to do do you want to be a coach and you know you're going to have some adversity and are we going to be okay moving all over the world and that's you know uh, at while we were in the hospital the fargo coaching staff stopped in and they offered to offer me a position right away and it, it worked out great how is hanley he, he's great you wouldn't i mean you from the moment he left the hospital to now nobody would ever know that anything's wrong with him and he's uh, or there's nothing wrong with him at all so he's completely healthy part two of my interview with new union college men's hockey head coach josh halgie is coming up you're listening to the parting shots podcast all of us love sports but not all sports are created equal College sports have big budgets, dedicated alumni networks, and corporate sponsorships. Professional sports have even deeper pockets. Millionaire owners, lucrative TV and radio deals, and merchandise sales. High school sports have you. Everyone agrees high school sports give us plenty of reasons to cheer. And now's a great time for us to give back. Supporting your hometown high school won't cost you much, but it will go a long way to ensuring the games we love the most are here to stay. New York High School Sports. They're good for our kids, good for our community, and best of all, they're good for you. This message presented by the New York State Public High School Athletic Association and the New York State Athletic Administrators Association. Hi, I'm Miles Reed, editor of the Daily Gazette. And you're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast with Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor, Ken Shaw. Welcome back to the podcast. You're listening to my interview with New Union College men's hockey head coach, Josh Halge. Here is part two. How did you wind up as an assistant coach at Clarkson? Um, so my boss in Fairbanks, Alaska was Rob Prophet, and he knew Casey Jones really well. Um, I, I wanted to get into the college game for a long time, and that was, um, you know, something that I was kind of striving to get to. And um, when the position opened up, I I called uh, Rob right away and asked him to call Casey, and, and he did. And um, I spoke with Casey, and it just seemed like a good fit right away. And he offered me the position pretty early in the process. And um, I had never been to Potsdam, New York, and took the job sight unseen. What was it like working with Casey, and how much of an influence was he? Uh, Casey was great to work for. He, he treated me with such respect. Um, I always put my family first, and um, he was somebody that, you know, like my boys were 
you know, encouraged to be at the rink. My wife was encouraged to be around the team. Um, he, yeah, I, I can't say enough good things about him and just the leader that he he was and how, how he took care of me and my family. When the union job opened up after the season ended, how long did it take you to apply for it, and what attracted you to the job? I, I mean, right away when Rick uh, left, I asked Casey to, to reach out and, and make a call on my behalf and just kind of see what they're, you know, if they were going to do something or if, or what they were going <laughs> to kind of do. And, um, so yeah, I was pretty active in chasing after it. Um, it was for me, a spot where I thought like, you can, you can turn this around and you can get it going. And, um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of good pieces here. So I, I was excited about it and just the opportunity to live in, you know, a spot like Schenectady, I, I was really excited about what was the interview uh, process with the committee like? Uh, I think that stuff can be stressful, and <laughs> it's uh, it's always interesting just the different questions you're going to come across. But everybody was um, great from the alumni to, you know, everybody on campus. It was, you know, you, you got a feeling that it is a family and that they really care about the program, and it was, it was easy to get excited about. When Athletic Director Jim McLaughlin called you to inform you that you were the next head coach of the uh, Union Men's Hockey Team, what was the reaction like of you and your family? Well, so I was actually um, running a youth practice when I just got on the ice and he called. So I was kind of waiting for the call and, and hoping for the call. So when I got it, um, it, I wasn't able to call my wife right away. Um, and I, it was probably one of the worst youth practices I've ever ran because <laughs> it, was, it was pretty, uh, a lot going through my head. Um, but, yeah, I got off the ice, took, I uh, took my two boys to get some ice cream and said, hey, are you guys open to, to moving? And I'd already taken the job. I took it, like, right when he right when he offered it. But um, So talk talked to them and then called my wife. And, I mean, it's all of a sudden now it's like there's a lot to do. So everybody is excited, and then, then it hits you that you have a lot to get done. Because, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, that Easter weekend being coming down here for the Pritton Junkie press conference and then you're getting ready for Naples to go, I mean, it had to be, that just had to be crazy. It really was, and the the whole process of I was, I think I was the last guy to interview on the Wednesday, so I was down on Wednesday and then offered on Thursday and then press conference on Friday. So it was um, it was a lot, and then driving back on Saturday and then getting to the airport for you know for our flight on Sunday. And you got an annoying reporter calling you on Friday to driving down there. <laughs> yeah, I did. well. You're, you're driving and you're you know going through the you know through the mountains and all of a sudden the next thing I know I have a hundred texts two hundred texts and people are calling and I, I just yeah I didn't have cell phone service and it's in and out I I just the, when the news hit it was it was exciting and it was an emotional time. Well, thankfully you had cell service when I called you. That was good. <laughs> yeah, it, it worked out well, uh, but I was surprised that you knew. Yeah. Well, Union's had an incredible run uh, from 2010 to 2014, culminating uh, with winning the NCAA title in 2014. Uh, since then, the Dutchmen have made just one NCAA tournament. Uh, what will it take for this program to get back to that consistent level of success? Well, I think, you know, it starts with, what we have right now and that our training and just that we're getting after it. I mean, I watched this morning, they had their lift at 6 a.m. And, you know, uh, they, they were getting after, after that and they're, they're working hard. So I think it starts right now. And um, I, th- I think we got to continue to get out on, on the recruiting trail and you know, trails and, and grab better and more players that, that we can. Um, our list is small right now, so we got to add some talent. 
um, but excited about the kit commits we have and the, and the current guys in the locker room. With athletic scholarships and a new arena on the horizon uh, here, how does that help you in recruiting? I think it, it makes a huge difference. I mean, you have the ability to, you know, be on an even playing field as far as, you know, some of these schools are offering, you know, the ability to go to school for free, and we don't have that right now. Um, but it's one of the things that they've had success without scholarships. So um, I, I think things it'll make things easier. Um, and then the, the new facility, I think that it, it just keeps the momentum going. So I think, um, you know, you can get a little buzz from a coaching change, and then you get a little buzz from getting the scholarships and then a new building. So I just think it gets the ball rolling downhill. And, uh, you know, recruiting is once you get it going, it's it's easy to keep going. It's hard to get started. How do you convince these uh, potential student athletes now that Union has the scholarships? Does that make it easier to recruit as opposed to when, you know, obviously you weren't here when they didn't have the scholarship, but that, does that make it a lot easier now for this program to attract uh, potential top-notch players? I, I think the thing with scholarships and the hard part about it is um, you put a value on a player when you give them a scholarship. So you're putting a dollar amount on them, like I think you're worth this much money. Where like financial aid, it's just like, hey, we really like you, but I, I, I don't put the value on you. The school puts the value based on you know your income level, uh, and your grades. So like those are kind of, it, it does get a little bit dicey when you you know you say, hey, I only think you're worth this value. So I, I do think that that is where it can be a little bit difficult. But um, I do think you have the ability then to show guys like, hey, I. I really like you. I want you to be a part of our program. Here's a, here's a scholarship. So um, it is different, but um, I, I think you're going to be able to, you know, you're in the mix with anybody now. So um, some people just can't afford to go to, you know, pay a lot of money to go to college, and you, you can take that problem away from, from them. The NCAA transfer portal has uh, given student-athletes uh, greater freedom to move from college to another to another. It's really changed the game right now. Union has six players in the transfer portal, including three who are among the top five in scoring in Colin Graff, Dylan Anhorn, and Gabriel Seeger. Does losing players in the transfer portal make the job of college of a college coach tougher when it comes to recruiting? Yeah, I, I definitely think you have a plan, and you know you you want to keep your guys for four years and 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 then move them on to pro hockey. So I think that's you know that's the goal, and it's it makes things challenging, but. Um, you know, if guys want to move on, you got to respect that and understand that. But this is going to be a destination where people want to play. And I think, um, you know, our job is to make our freshmen better, make and then sophomore better, juniors better, seniors better. So there's got to be continued growth and continued development for the players. Um, and I think that'll be a focal point for us is we don't want to live in the transfer portal. We, you know, we want to grab someone out of the transfer portal because somebody signed early, not because we lost a player. So that's going to be the task for us is having really strong relationships and a development plan that guys know they're going to get better. And if we're doing that, then you're going to retain players. If guys don't feel like they're developing, that's when we're going to lose guys or if they're not having a great experience. And um, this will be a spot where players have a great experience and they get better. Any updates on the statuses of assistant coaches, uh, assistant coaches John Ronan and T.J. Manisterski? Yeah, right now they're they're both working with me, and they're uh, we're getting to know each other. And I've been really happy with how they've been. It's an awkward situation. Anytime someone comes in, um, we're going to continue to evaluate as it, as we go. But um, enjoying working with them right now and getting to know them, and then um, I, I would say here within the next couple of weeks, we'll we'll make a decision as what's best for Union. Let's have some fun here. Um, 
what type of music do you like? <laughs> I, I guess I'm more of a ESPN radio type person. I, I don't <laughs> listen to a ton of music, um, so or or some podcasts. Not even uh, Prince and you know, the state where Prince grew up. Bob Dylan grew up. <laughs> I, I'm good with Prince because you know I, whatever's in the locker room, I'll listen to. I'm not too picky about that. Favorite TV show? Um, uh, Breaking Bad. Uh, favorite movie? Uh, probably. I guess I'd go with the Shawshank Redemption. Favorite sports team? Um, pretty much anything Minnesota is kind of what I cheer for, a sports team. Right now, although they, they traded, the Minnesota Wild traded Nico Sturm, so I've uh, switched alliances to Colorado for the playoffs. Um, is it frustrating being a Minnesota fan? And, you know, as we speak here, the Timberwolves are down 3-2 in their series. The Wild have never won a Stanley Cup. Of course, the North Stars moved to Dallas and uh, the Vikings. I'm a Philadelphia sports fan. I'll preface this by saying I don't think you like that 27 NFC Championship game against the Vikings. So how frustrating is it to be a Minnesota sports fan? Yeah, I mean, it it has its challenges, but I think, if anything, if you're, uh, you know, you, you live with the ups and downs, and when you have a lot of downs, it makes the ups that much more uh, enjoyable. So um, the, the basketball game last night, that one was a frustrating one. I was able to catch the end of it. So, um, But hopefully they can find a way to win. And your favorite athlete? Oh, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know that I have one in particular. Um, but I, I think just I, I really enjoy the players that like I've coached and being able to follow their successes um, after. So I, I don't know. I think the guys that I coach that I'm able to watch, that's kind of my favorite Final question: What uh, would you like to say to the Union uh, hockey fan base? Well, you know, anytime there's a change, it's it's always a difficult situation. I'm, I'm excited to get going and, and working uh, with the team and the community. So I like I want to be very involved with youth hockey, with youth sports, um, and, and the you know the Union community. So um, please feel free to come and introduce yourself. And um, like I, I'm. Maybe not the most outgoing person right away, but once you get to know me, I'm, I try to be genuine and, and I uh, you know, try to have you know, really meaningful relationships, so I'm excited to get going. Josh, I appreciate you doing this, and we'll talk more as the off-season rolls on. Of course, uh, we await the release of the 2022-23 schedule, and of course, uh, you know, your first game against Clarkson, whenever that is, it'll probably be up there because that's the way the schedule works. And uh, last year, Clarkson came down here first, so maybe uh, you'll be going up there. It'll be a lot of uh, fun going to that, and of course, the recruits uh, who will be coming to the Dutchman in the, uh, in 22-23. Appreciate you doing this. Yeah, thank you very much. Excited to get some players here and get get going. I'll wrap up the podcast, have the latest winners in the Daily Gazette's auto racing contest, and did I make it four straight wins? And I'll look ahead to next week's podcast. Stay tuned. I've got a math question for you. When you add tolerance, subtract prejudice, and multiply efforts to treat one another with respect, what do you get? Less division. And school sports have it down to a science. Looking for an example of what can happen when we realize there's more that unites us than divides us? Look no further than high school sports in New York. This message presented by the New York State Public High School Athletic Association and the New York State Athletic Administrators Association. Hi, this is Glenn Clark, head coach and general manager of the Albany Firewolves lacrosse team. You're listening to the Parting Shots podcast with Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor, Ken Schott.
Back to wrap up the podcast. The Week 10 winner in the Daily Gazette's Auto Racing Contest is Scott Fernow of Scotia. Scott wins a $50 ShopRite gift card. Congratulations, Scott. The VIP winners are Nick Platel of Grand Premier Tires. And drumroll, please, for the fourth consecutive week, yours truly. Don't ask me how I am doing it, because I have no clue. I'll announce the winner of the Daily Gazette Auto Racing Contest, and that winner's name will appear in Friday's Daily Gazette. If you would like to play in the contest, go to dailygazette.com and click the Auto Racing Contest banner. Keep checking out dailygazette.com and the print edition for the latest updates in news and sports on the coronavirus pandemic. I want to thank all the doctors, nurses, and first responders who are dealing with this pandemic. We appreciate the job you're doing in this difficult time. If you have not gotten vaccinated, please do so. Do it for yourself. Do it for your family and do it for your friends. That wraps up another edition of the Parting Shots podcast. I wanted to thank new Union Men's Hockey head coach Josh Halji for coming on the show. Next week, Gazette horse racing writer Mike McGadden will join me to preview the Kentucky Derby. And Mike Jensen, college basketball writer for the Philadelphia Inquirer, will join me to talk about the surprise resignation of Villanova men's basketball coach Jay Wright. If you have questions or comments about the podcast, email them to me at shot, that's S-C-H-O-T-T, at dailygazette.com. Follow me on Twitter at Slapshots. The views expressed on the Parting Shots podcast are not necessarily those of Gazette newspapers. The Parting Shots podcast is a production of Gazette newspapers. I'm Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time. From the Parting Shots Podcast Studio in Schenectady, New York, good day, good hockey.